Hello, FOMO sapiens. It's the end of another season here on the show, and I wanted to send things out with a bang. As regular listeners will know, I always end the show by asking my guests how they make choices and stick with them in a world full of options and opportunities. Well, today I wanted to gather my favorite examples of that advice, put them all in one place, and then share them with you. So get ready for a show packed with actionable advice and insights that you can use in your daily life. And as always, I'm your host, Patrick McGinnis, and this is FOMO Sapiens, part of the HBR Presents Network. My name is Patrick McGinnis, and I'm the guy who invented the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out. Today, FOMO is an epidemic, and it's changing us so much that it sort of feels like we're evolving into a new species. But FOMO doesn't have to take over your life. You can find the power to choose what you actually want and the courage to miss out on the rest. I'll show you how right here on FOMO Sapiens. This season of FOMO Sapiens has been so memorable. First of all, it's been my first season as part of the HBR Presents Network, and I've been so grateful to expand the reach of the show to the HBR community and beyond all over the world. I'm also very thankful to have had a diverse set of guests on the show. That includes a presidential candidate, seven CEOs, an Instagram activist, two journalists, and many others. They had a lot to say, so I wanted to share some of my favorite pieces of advice from all of these FOMO sapiens with you. We started the season off with a bang when presidential candidate Andrew Yang stopped by the studio to discuss universal basic income and his insurgent run for president of the United States. When we sat down, Andrew explained just what drove him to do something pretty extreme, run for president. I mean, the reason I'm doing what I'm doing now is because I saw that there's this massive pressing need that if it wasn't addressed in a reasonable time frame, it's going to devastate our country, our society. I, I'm a parent. I've got two young children and I have no desire to grow them up, to bring them up, to have them grow up uh, in the society I foresee us becoming. Um, and so if you think you have an opportunity to move that uh, trend in the right direction uh, and you say, okay, like if I drop everything and, and give it my all, I think I can do something about that. Um, then you have to do that. FOMO. Since that episode aired, Andrew's campaign has continued to roll and he's received contributions from over 100,000 individual donors. Of course, Andrew wasn't the only guest to talk politics here on FOMO Sapiens. Daniela Belluere, CEO of the Leadership Now Project, also talked about what drives her and how she found her calling in the political sphere while working in the business world. Knowing what your own unique contribution to the world can be and what the world really needs from you is so essential. I get this from, for those, there's a... Japanese saying ikigai, which is about finding your purpose mm -hmm. in the world. And it, it's four pillars. What do you uh, bring to the world? What does the world need for you? What do you love doing? And how can you make sure you have the, you get paid to do it? Basically, there's some financial basis. And I think right now, the world needs many of us to focus on two of those pillars. What does the world need from you? And what can you bring uniquely? to solving that. And so I've grounded a lot of my decisions in those pillars. I studied engineering, but when I 
um, was in business school and uh, working at Bain, I became aware that the HIV crisis was ravaging Africa in the late 90s and the logistics and supply chain question of getting HIV medicines to Africa was top of mind. That was an expertise I had. I'd studied supply chains in a business context and how you could deploy them effectively uh, and spend five years of my career really focusing on how do we get the resources uh, and, um, and systems in place to deliver AIDS drugs to Africa. And I think it's surprisingly hard actually sometimes to find the places the world needs impact or find a way to that path, but right now, we can't afford um, people staying on the sidelines who have the skills to solve the problems we have. FOMO. You can see a trend there. Both Andrew and Daniela are operating in the political sphere, and they are decisive because they are following their principles. Of course, you can't get very far if you're distracted. That's why Matt Scanlon, the CEO of Nottam, talked about how one of his mentors helped him to overcome distraction to focus on what matters. I tend to get distracted by things. And... Uh, he, I was talking about a competitor that was launching, and uh, I was kind of in this, this situation. And he said, just focus. And he pulled up a photo, and it was a picture of, I don't know if you've ever seen this photo, but it was uh, Michael Phelps. And it's uh, at the end of a race. And you see him out front, and he's heads down, finishing. And then you see somebody next to him looking, looking at him side. finishing. Yes. That's incredible. If you're busy looking left and right at what everybody's doing, you're not focused on what's right ahead of you. The people that are looking straight ahead and focused on getting the job done and working hard and doing what they know that they're confident about are the ones that win. So I think you just answered the next question, which is, and this is the show about finding the power <laughs> to choose, you actually wanted the courage to miss out on the rest. So it sounds like what you're saying is just focus. Uh, focus has produced the best results for, for our business over and over and over again. Um, it's hard sometimes, right? Like things are enticing and people make them look more enticing than they actually are most of the time. That's how right. marketing works. That's right. literally what marketing and sales is. So uh, if you're susceptible to it, great. You're like a normal human being. However, I'm confident that it's the people that can focus and are maniacal in that focus about what they know and what they want are the ones that are successful. Um, you know, over the years, I've just I've had the opportunity to come in contact with great people who've given me pieces of good advice, um, and I've noticed the people that I, the most successful people I've been around, people that are like you know, billionaire heavy hitters, whatever. And listen, this might not be a good thing, but you get in a conversation with them, and they have their whole conversation planned out before you're a part of it, right? Like. They know exactly what they're saying and everything. You're just part of their conversation that they're having with themselves. That's like crazy. That's probably like on the like a spectrum of like way too 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 focused. But like that's what it takes sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm not listening to you in this conversation. I know what my vision is. I know what I want, and I'm saying it exactly how I want. It does not matter what your contribution is. I know it, and I'm gonna get it no matter what. FOMO. That is extreme focus, and it can drive you forward. But of course, to sustain that focus, you need to believe in what you're doing. Here's what has sustained Luke Holden, CEO of Luke's Lobster, as he's built a global lobster empire over the past 10 years. Find your passion. I mean, that's, that's at the end of the day, like, that's what's gotten me to where I am today. Um, I've, 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 I've followed my passion, and, and I've been very fortunate. Um, 
I follow my passion and I've always treated people the way I'd like to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that's enabled me to surround my people, surround myself with people that are s- smarter than I am and that have skills that I don't have. And, um, and, and that has just pulsed over the last, uh, 10 years professionally. And I've just been, I've, I've been very fortunate. Um, and, and I, I'm having fun. And like, at the end of the day, I think when you, when you can follow a passion and, 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 uh, um, work hard and treat people right, it's, it, uh, it plays out in the end. FOMO. Of course, passion is the spark that starts and sustains a business, but oftentimes leaders realize only too late that starting a business, a social enterprise, or a movement is something that requires years of sustained commitment. Statistics show that on average, a startup in the United States takes seven years to go from its first round of funding to a sale or IPO. Here's some advice on making a long-term commitment that Shan Ma found to be critical when she started Zola, a fast-growing startup in the wedding industry that has raised over $100 million. When I was first thinking about starting Zola, one of my good friends who had started a successful company and then sold that told me, whatever you pick, make sure that you are ready to commit at least the next seven to 10 years of your life doing nothing but this living, eating, breathing at 24-7. And if you're not, then perhaps think about what is it that you would rather do. And I think it was it's such great advice because the most valuable resource any of us have is our time. And it really is uh, a 24-7 job once you are in a startup and founding a startup. And so I always encourage everyone to think about what is the one thing that you would be really excited to think about every day, every morning, through all the ups and downs for at least 10 years of your life. And that's if everything goes well. It's so true. And you're in year six, right? Yes, going into year six. And so now that Zola is having, Zola is everywhere, by the way. If you, if anybody who lives in New York City, go on the subway or if you have Hulu, the ads are on Hulu, very catchy theme song. Or Zola.com. Or Zola.com. But you see this now and it's everywhere and you sort of like, oh, this is an overnight success. No, it's not. You've been working at this for six darn years. Yes. That is, there, there are people, like babies that were born that now are on <laughs> soccer teams. in that period of time so it's no joke but at the same time obviously um it's going well so i'm sure you feel energized although i'm you know it's not it's not easy you work very hard right fomo as the story of shan and zola shows building something that will endure requires sustained commitment to your vision it also requires you to have a process for making decisions over the course of months and even years Christina Carbonell, who is the co-CEO and co-founder of Children's Clothing Company Primary, talked about her company's mission and how she chooses from among the many opportunities for growth that she and her team encounter as they build the business. Uh, Making decisions about what to focus on and sticking with it uh, starts with being firmly rooted in a vision that is hopefully not changing a lot. Um, Everyone understanding what we're driving toward and what mission is behind it, which for us is very much about helping kids feel confident in who they are uh, and letting kids be kids uh, and being inclusive uh, is at the core of everything that we do. But having said that, we still have a lot of opportunities in front of us in terms of how to get there. And one thing that we do is we pull the team into a room when we've got a lot of ideas that we could pursue. Um, it's a very diverse team. 
functionally and in terms of individual backgrounds, um, which of course leads us to make better decisions together. And we often use a framework of looking at opportunities based on what is the best fit with the brand that we're building, uh, what is the impact it can have in terms of how much it could move the needle for us in ways that matter, and then what effort is involved. And we will often take all the opportunities and literally put them on the table and map them, plot them out uh, against those variables. And it helps us to identify the ones that make the most sense to pursue first. And often it is a question of when, not if. Uh, and that helps the team too, because it's not necessarily the case that we're saying we're never going to do that, but we have to pick a few and execute really well now. So it sounds like that combination of structure, having a process that's replicable, and bringing in diverse perspectives for you is you're able to get conviction around the things that you're doing. Absolutely. And then everyone is holding hands, and we can clear the lanes so people can run. FOMO. I love that image of holding hands and clearing the lanes and running together. Jen Wong, the COO of Reddit, also believes in moving fast, and she's focused not just on the direction in which she asks her team to run, but also on the speed with which she asks the team to move. If you wait for perfection, you really will end up in a paralysis situation. So going for what's directionally correct, um, like I always think of it as just go for the right, generally the right slope, um, is, is the advice I normally give. And I would say the second is move with velocity. Because here's the thing. If you move with velocity and you get to a point that is not where you want to be, at least you have the energy and momentum to get out of it. And so... Move with velocity at all times. FOMO. Being decisive isn't just critical to success in e-commerce and digital media. It's also fundamental in industries like fashion and hospitality. When he stopped by the FOMO Sapien studio, New York City's number one event planner, Bronson Van Wyk, shared a piece of advice that he got from Anna Winter, the editor-in-chief of Vogue, about how to make sure that your team knows how to execute on your vision. One of the first and one of the best pieces of advice I ever got in business was from Anna Winter. And um, she came to the very first event that my mother and I ever did. And uh, and I enjoyed it, I think, and then put it in the magazine. And, and you know, I would run into her uh, periodically over the years. And in maybe the first year that I was working, I, <clears throat> I asked, you know, what, what do you think is the most important part of your job and what do you think is the most important part of my job and she said you know it's the same it's that you have to decide Hmm. and I said you know okay sure she said no I mean you really have to decide you you have a meeting uh, and you've got people who are counting on you to make a decision so they can leave the meeting and go do their jobs and so you have to give them the information that they need, which is a decision, to, to do their jobs. And you may be wrong. And sometimes, sometimes inevitably, you will be wrong. But, you know, and she said, I, I have a magazine to put out every 30 days. If I'm wrong this month, I'll be right next month. But the magazine has to get out. And that's really, an event is kind of the same way. There is a time frame here. Like the party will start. We have to just move. Um, And so I try to never have a meeting with my team. Um, And I I, I don't ever want them to leave a meeting with me not knowing exactly how I feel or where I stand about, about a decision that needs to be made. 
FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. Of course, being decisive for the benefit of your team is not enough. You also have to be decisive with yourself. Say, for example, you want to start a business. Anu Dougal, founder of the Female Founders Fund, laid out her advice for anyone who wants to start something new, and she has a great no-nonsense approach. You have to start. You know, there's always going to be an excuse in terms of, oh, you know, if only this happens, if only I got my bonus or I get promoted or uh, maybe my spouse gets a bonus. Like, there's always going to be a reason to to delay um, trying to figure out what you want to do or starting a venture. And I think ultimately the biggest risk you have is that you fail. And if you fail, you know, you have, from a career perspective, other options. But I think having the regret of not not starting something is is often um, that regret outweighs the the actual act of of trying something. So so my biggest piece of advice is just do it. FOMO. FOMO Sapiens is the show about finding the power to choose what you actually want in business and life and then finding the courage to miss out on the rest. This season, FOMO Sapiens talked a lot about building businesses and being decisive, but we also talked about how to miss out on the rest. This means finding a way to survive and thrive in this crazy digital age. When he came on the show, Giancarlo Patoco, a former employee of companies like Facebook and Instagram, shared some of his strategies for operating in an overwhelming world. Embrace the idea of solitude. And I think this is very fitting that we're talking about it in the context of FOMO, because FOMO drives us to stay plugged in. So creating some time without your device or when you agree you're not going to check it. Even something like you've been working all morning, you should, you know, best practice is to take a break every so often when you're working for yourself or even, you know, working in a, an office. Take some breaks, get up, move around. Take those as opportunities to put the phone down close the computer and take a walk outside or just do some laps around your office or wherever you might be. Um, do some stretching, create some space between you and those opportunities to scan for threats. My favorite thing to do here is to take a walk, uh, go outside, see what the weather feels like, get a little closer to nature. I head over to the Hudson River, take a walk there, go through the West Village. It's more peaceful there. Um, find some peace in the chaos because technology is just always bombarding us with information and potential stressors or opportunities and things that we have to worry about. So if we could dial down the worry, dial down the constant scanning for what's the next threat or opportunity, and just be, just savor, just see what you feel like, see what's going on around you. 
that's incredibly rewarding. And I know it sounds silly. I mean, if I had been t- telling this to myself maybe five years ago, I would have been like, okay, thanks for the the woo-woo advice. Um, uh, I'll do that as soon as I finish meditating and harvesting my crystals. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's interesting if you just experiment, like I was saying before, and start trying and seeing, you know, get the data for yourself. How does it affect you? That's powerful. FOMO. I got to tell you that Giancarlo has had a major impact on my thinking about how to have a healthy relationship with your devices. Since I met him and we've gotten together for lunch a couple times since, I have worked on further decreasing screen time. And in doing so, I have been able to make more time for digital free thinking. And that means creativity. So thanks a lot, Giancarlo. Of course, screens don't have to be bad. When she stopped by the studio, activist and influencer Eglatina Zing talked about the power of social media to drive change and benefit society. She also talked about what she sees as the secret to finding fulfillment as you move through the world. The secret is be authentic. It's be you, you know. You won't be able to miss anything if what you're doing is really what you want to do. Yes. And uh, and, and that's your sense. So that's a secret, I think. Be yourself. And that's my only advice. And keep learning and always listen to people. Every day you learn something. And just um, while you're satisfied with yourself, it's like if you think my life is great, it's 10 times better than what you think it is. Because I just feel so satisfied with everything I do. Even on the tough days, there's something that uh, will, you know, make it better. And uh, that inspiration and that struggle and that discipline just brings you to to a fulfillment that is indescribable. FOMO. With each episode of FOMO Sapiens, I'm reminded that one of the keys to being successful as a leader, whether in business, society, or the home, is to search for balance. That's why it's so important to be decisive and to avoid distractions. The simple fact is you cannot do it all. You cannot have it all. Even if you've got tons of energy, tons of resources, and tons of ambition, you have to make choices about what is important to you and then do the things that you can do and leave the rest aside. When she came on the show, Katie Rossman, a journalist for the New York Times, talked about the trade-offs that she makes and how she prioritizes when things get a little or even a lot crazy. I can be good at two things at a time. And then, um, so whether that's like, you know, I can be a good mother and a good journalist at the same time, but then I'm not exercising much. So I'll sort of, you know, not, I mean, hopefully I'm a, I'm an okay mother all the time. I keep them, I keep them, you know, fed and, and alive, but I, I tend to sort of shuffle the thing that, that is falling by the wayside and that's a way to, to do it all, but you can't, you can't do it all. So I sort of prioritize a couple of things at a time. And when I feel like my husband's really annoyed with me, then I know that like, Oh, I gotta, you know, focus on the marriage here and, you know, work, I'm going to lean out a teeny bit. You know, so it it can be you can I'm I'm a big believer and I'm good at two things at a time. And I just when when some when I start to drop a ball, I shift what the two things are. And then the other thing is um, I just want to have a full life. Um, my my mom died relatively young. And uh, one of the things that she said to me when um, she was dying, we didn't have a lot of heavy conversations because she just didn't want to face it. But she said, um, promise me that you'll live a full life. And so when I have moments where it just feels too much and I'm pulling my hair out, I try to think, you know, this is what it means to have a full life. And it feel if if that thing feels like it's not, no, it's not. This is what it feels like to be overwhelmed and not present anywhere. Then 
that's an important thing for me to take stock of and make a decision on. But otherwise, I try to look at it like this is this is what it means to have a full life, and um, I'm energized by it. FOMO. Speaking of a full life, a few weeks before he came in for his interview, Luke Holden of Luke's Lobster was profiled in the New York Times column, Like a Boss. The title of the article was, Luke Holden's Work Diary, Managing a Lobster Empire from the Docks of Maine to Downtown Taipei. In the article, he lays out his daily activities for a week. He usually starts the week at his home in Maine, waking up before dawn to care for his infant daughter. He also ends his week with his family in Maine, but in between, he's all over the country and somehow manages to lead his team, make decisions with his co-founder, Ben Conniff, and even get a bunch of workouts and business dinners onto his schedule. It's pretty amazing, and so I asked him how he achieves balance with such a demanding schedule. The answer that comes to mind right now is I, so I recently, like a year and a half ago, joined uh, YPO, Young Presidents Organization, and, and I'm, I'm part of an incredible forum. Uh, my forum mates are just fantastic. But you know, one afternoon every month, we, we sit together and, and kind of look and take a deep dive on, on three significant bu- buckets, your personal, family, and professional and, and you, you, you rank them, but you get an opportunity to, to reflect on, on how you're doing in all three of those categories because ultimately balance is key. Yeah. And uh, I definitely struggle with balance every month, but, but taking kind of a personal inventory of how, how the business is doing, how your family's doing, and how your person's doing is important because what you'll find is that once the, one leg of that stool is, is shorter or longer than the other, you, you lose balance. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, it just gets, it, it always gets back to like, like figuring out what makes you tick and then surrounding yourself with, with great people. I mean, my, my wife is an absolute rock star and affords me just a, a lot of, a lot of flexibility. And, and I, and I, I try to, um, from a professional standpoint and I try and ultimately, uh, always be present when I'm with, with her and my daughter. Um, and the business right now is demanding. It's, it's got me all over the country on a, on a weekly, monthly basis. Um, so I, in order to like kind of be present and deal with the demanding aspects of business, I ultimately, like what makes me tick is exercise. So I often try and get, um, often, I really do get my exercise in every morning. And it's just kind of that centering piece that, that enables me to, to, to look at those three legs of the stool and ultimately try and stay balanced. FOMO. By the way, since that show aired, Luke and Ben opened their flagship store on Portland Pier in Portland, Maine. I had the pleasure of attending one of their opening events, and I've got to tell you, what they have achieved is stunning. The place is beautiful, you have a great view of Portland Harbor, the team is friendly, and the food is characteristically delicious. So if you find yourself in Maine, go check it out. Last but not least, I want to end today's show with a piece of advice from way back in season one when I interviewed Diego Gonzalez, a 12-year-old entrepreneur who has already founded several companies. He has even competed in startup competitions alongside adults and won an office space in New York's Soho neighborhood in one of them. When I asked Diego if he was afraid of failing, he gave me this answer. You know, hope for the best and plan for the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, as a kid... I'm not really afraid of failure because if anything does go south, then I can still go home, eat some scoops of ice cream, and, like, feel normal again. Yeah. You know, so um, 
that's why I think it's like important to start at an early age for entrepreneurship because there's just so much more like availability and options because you don't have to be as scared or have things go like as great because if something does go wrong, you still have a place to go to. FOMO. Okay, here's the thing. I love that answer and I think it's full of wisdom. And I also want to make a few additional comments because I think what Diego says goes beyond just being a kid. While you can certainly try new things as a kid, and of course the stakes are lower, it's never too late to start something new. I'm fond of a Chinese proverb that reminds me that it's never too late to take action. It says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Plus, you're never too old for ice cream. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese, and as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now it's time for the FOMO moment of the show, which is when I talk about FOMO and its role in pop culture or tell you about something that's giving me FOMO. Today, I want to talk about you. First, I want to thank you. I have truly enjoyed creating season two of FOMO Sapiens, and I have had a blast getting to know all of you over social media and in person. Second, I want to invite you to reach out to me with ideas, suggestions, and any other feedback that you have with respect to the show. FOMO Sapiens will be back in a few months, and I want to continue to make the show as relevant to you as possible. So please drop me a note at letsconnectatpatrickmcginnis.com, or you can tweet me at pjmcginnis. I'll be back before you know it, but in the meantime, we can stay in touch at patrickmcginnis.com or via Instagram at patrickjmcginnis. Thanks again for a great season, and take care of yourselves, FOMO Sapiens. FOMO! If you have an idea for the faux moment of the show or you have a question or comment, reach out to me at letsconnect at patrickmcginnis.com or send me a tweet at PJ McGinnis. You can also take the official FOMO Sapiens diagnostic at patrickmcginnis.com slash FOMO quiz and find out if you're a FOMO Sapiens. FOMO Sapiens is part of the HBR Presents FOMO. Network. The show is produced by AW360 and recorded FOMO. in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at patrickmcginnis.com. You can also take the official FOMO diagnostic at patrickmcginnis.com slash FOMO-quiz to find out if you're a FOMO sapiens. FOMO.